If the victim here is a young boy or young girl, the ox is not growing an adult, but a minor. The law is exactly the same. The ox gets executed, whether it's a tam or a muad. And in terms of kofar, if the owner, if it's a muad, then the owner has to pay kofar. Tanar Abanan, we learn this in the Pasuk, O bein yigach, O bas yigach. That's the lachan of the Pasuk. So L'chav al-Tanam Kedol, the Pasuk was coming to tell us that there's liability when the ox kills a minor just as much as it kills an adult. We see this because the Pasuk is saying bein o bas as opposed to ish o isha. So now the bride wants to know, why do I need a Pasuk? Okay, very good. We got the information, but why did I need to learn that? Couldn't it have been logic? Since we find that a person is liable for killing another person, and it's also holds that the ox is liable for killing a person. So why don't we just compare them logically? The regular murder, a person kills a person. It doesn't make a difference if the victim is a, an adult or a minor. Uh, the Pasuk seems to be pretty clear. Rashi says it's matched from the Pasuk just because the Pasuk says that, 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 it, that it's killing it's killing any human life it's mashma it's mashma that it's even any human life even a child so that, that's pretty assumed to the Gemara that if a person kills a minor he is a murderer so so too we should assume the same thing for an ox so logically why would I ever have thought to make a chilek between when an ox kills a person that a minor um, should not be the same degree of liability. But, oh, furthermore, Kavachomer, not only should we compare them, let's make a Kavachomer. In the case of a person who kills another person, we don't make minors who murder. They're not liable like adults. Where the perpetrator is a minor, they're not liable. So that means killings by people are, are lenient because if the, if the perpetrator is a minor, he is not held liable. Nonetheless, but if the victim is a minor... So then the perpetrator who's an adult is held liable. So even though it's Kyle, that if the, uh, if the minor does it, he's not liable, it still adds the Chumrah that if the victim is a minor, then the adult perpetrator is liable. So, so, so now move to oxen, top of them, in case we're an ox that kills a person, it doesn't make a difference if the ox is one day old, two days old, eight days old, or an adult, no difference. And we learn that just from the fact that it's called a shar. A shar implies even a day old. That's just what the word means. So therefore, if we know that an ox, an ox in a more chamar, that if even the perpetrator is a day old baby ox, still we kill it. Certainly should have the same chumrah that if the victim is an adult, is a, is a minor, that it is still held uh, liable. So therefore, not only do I know it logically by comparing it to people, I can make a kavachomer to people. Says the Gemara, low, it's not necessarily a good kavachomer. Why am I Adam Adam? Yes, it's true if the victim is a minor by, by, by a person killing a, a child, the, the person is liable. People also have a chiv of paying the four supplementary things. We know besides you're paying nezek when you damage someone, when a person damages another person, it's nezek, ta'ari, boishevis, and boishes. Tom abishar, she'en ochai v'abadvarim. So in a certain way, I see that the Indian of Adam is more, is, is more chama than the Indian of Shar. So therefore, it throws off my comparison. That's why I needed the pasuk to tell it me explicitly. Fine. Now, the Gemara does not settle with that. Why? Because they only have That pasuk was only by Muadin. That when a Muadak kills, that they're liable for killing even minors. But by Tami Nine, how do we know about a Tom ox? Tom is less liability. So maybe Tom, the liability that we go execute the ox, is only if it killed an adult, not if it killed a minor. And don't bring me that pasuk. That pasuk before was by Muadak. So we're going to try to say like this. It's already holds an ox is liable for killing a man or a woman. It also holds it liable for killing a boy or a girl.
at least when it's a muad. Just when an ox kills a man, an adult man or woman, you don't differentiate between it whether it was a tam or a muad. So too, when there's a din of killing minors, we shouldn't make a between tam and muad. Meaning to say, once I know that muad is chayav for killing a minor, so now you're bringing up a maybe a tam not, I could just say, let's make a mamat, you know. Mamatzinu that for killing adults there's no difference between Tom and Muad. So too for killing children there should be no difference between Tom and Muad. So furthermore, Kalvachomerhu. Furthermore, we're going to make a Kalvachomer. My my issue in regard to a man and woman, their rights to damages are weak. Why? What does that mean? The, uh, an adults they're liable for damages that they cause. So adults' right to damages is weak, meaning that they're held liable when they damage. Even though they're cow, still when they are the victim, there's no difference between the time and what we always kill the ox. So when it comes to a boy and a girl, when their rights clopic damages are stronger. Why? When they damage, they're not liable. And when a kid damages, he doesn't have to pay. So they have stronger rights, clapy babakama. So in and certainly when they're the victim and it's a tom that kills them, certainly they should be chayv. Certainly the tom ox should be should be executed. So we tried with the mamatin and we tried with the kavachomer. So the gemar now tries to refute both points. Can you say something lenient from a stringent case in order to apply the stringency to a lenient case? Just because the Pasuk was Machmer by Muad, how do you know that it should be Machmer by Tom? So it's not so clear what the Gemara is saying back. But the point that the Gemara is saying is that ultimately, you're trying to assume that the Din of Muad that the Torah wrote should also apply to Tom. That's the point. So after all is said and done, Kal can never give, give you the right to do that. If ultimately Kal is more, the, the, the Tom is more Kal, and the Torah only said it by the Muad, which is more Chamer, you're going to have a hard time learning that over naturally without learning anything else. But oh, furthermore, the whole Kabbalah Homer was flawed. Maybe the reason why when it's a man or a woman, adult, who are the victims, the time is held liable is because they're chayv and mitzvahs. So remember, we saw this a few times, that the loss of life is sometimes determined by how many mitzvahs are taken away. So when you're killing an adult, you're taking away all the mitzvahs. When you take away the child's life, at least right now, you're not taking away any mitzvahs. Therefore, we need another pasuk. So this pasuk, in this pasuk, it's not a different pasuk, but the point is that it says twice the word gach. Even in the, in the extra pasuk, it could have just said goring once. The fact that it says it twice is coming to tell me It's coming to tell me all cases, whether it's a tam, whether it's a muad that kills a child, he's liable. Whether it's a tam or a muad that does damage to a kid, you have to pay. So after all is said and done, it's exeris akasov. That's the way the sugya ends. And again, tam or muad ox, whether it's damages, whether it's misa, if it's done as minors, the owner of the ox is liable just as much as if it was done to an adult. All right, now we're going to learn a Mishnah. The truth is that the Mishnah is going to be exceedingly easy for us to learn, which is a nice, refreshing break, because of most of the concepts we've seen in the last few days. Okay, so here we go. Says the Mishnah, and an ox kills unintentionally. It was trying to rub against the wall. The wall collapses onto a person, and it kills him. So an ox kills unintentionally. Or was trying to kill an animal, or it wouldn't be executed if it, if, if, it, if it did it. And instead it killed a person. Again, unintentional murder. Look, Kanani was trying to kill Kanani, but instead killed the Jew. And if was trying to kill a non-viable baby, killed a viable baby. In all these cases, Potter. The ox is, is, is exempt. Because why? What did we learn? The ox is not executed unless it's a case that if it was parallel to this by human beings, then, then the person would be put to death. So unintentional murder is not put to death. So therefore, the ox kills unintentionally, it's also not put to death. Well, should it pay Kofar? 
What's the halacha? Does unintentional death pay gopher? So you remember it from yesterday. That's a dispute. Now the Gemara brings the dispute back from other names here. Amar Shmuel, Pater Mimisa. Although the Mishnah said Pater, it only means that the ox is not executed. Vachayev Bakofer, but the owner is still liable to pay kofer. Ravavar Pater Mimisa, no, if you're Pater from death, right? If you don't have to kill the ox, then you're also Pater from paying the kofer. Says the Gemara now, Kashan Shmuel. Amai, even if you want to say fundamentally that there could be kofar, even though the ox is not being killed, hatamhu, it's a tam. What do we mean it is a tam? You know, what, what, what exactly would be the case? You're removed for toppling walls? Like, what, what in the world would that mean? Is that a very unusual way for a person to die from an ox, you know, pushing a wall on them? So the Gemara just presumes, obviously, this was an anomalous thing. This wasn't a mu'ah. So if it's a tam, then you never pay kofar. So what's the pshat? Says Rav, just like Rav said to explain a different mission of a mu'ah, it's a case where the ox is a mu'ah to fall into people in pits. This is talking about a Mishnah later where an ox fell in a pit and killed a person and we speak about being liable for kofar. In order to explain how it's mu'ad, we have to say that, yeah, it's such like does these belly flops into the pit like a weird ox that became mu'ad for such a thing. So too here. The Mishnah is talking about a case where the animal is mu'ad to rub against and topple walls against people. Very interesting. I've done it a few times. So frankly, more than an obvious question. If so, then we should assume it did it intentionally. Right? You're throwing off the Mishnah. In order to make him pick Hofer, you have to say it was, it was, it's doing this for the fourth time, right? But on the other hand, then why is the Mishnah assuming it was done unintentionally and the ox is not being executed? It's being done intentionally. In the case that Rav spoke about, where it does belly flops into the pit, you could say the case was it saw a vegetable growing from the wall and it fell in trying to get it. So therefore, you have like some sort of sign that it wasn't trying to kill, even though it was a mu'ad for that action. But what indication do you have that it wasn't trying to kill? If it's mu'ad to do it, it's done it a few times, and now it's doing it again. Why would you hold back and say, oh, it probably wasn't trying to kill? Says the Gemara, the case is it rubs it up against the wall for its own pleasure, meaning it was trying to get a good back scratch for its hide, and in the process, it knocked the wall over. So that's how you're able to tell that it wasn't intending to kill, and it's not liable to death. How do you know it's in the animal's mind? How do you know it was trying to get a back scratch? The case is after the wall collapses, and the person was already dead, now the ox continued to rub itself against it. So if its intent was to kill the person, it wouldn't be rubbed making contact with the wall anymore. But the fact that it continues to rub against the wall even after the person is dead, that's a clear indication that it's trying to get the back scratch. It should be a case of tsuroros. Remember, what's the difference? If an animal does damage directly with its body, that's migufo. If it does it through force, then it's only tsuroros. So in our case, it knocks down a wall. Presumably that is tsuroros because it's not... It's knocking over the force of not being knocked over kills the person, so it's not. It's like throwing. It's almost like the animal is throwing the stones onto the person, but it's not. Uh, it's not mikufa. And the gemara assumes that when it's done with tsuros, then there's no kofar. So what's the what's the pshat over here that we're paying kofar? The case is that the wall moved constantly from the direct pressure of the ox, and always it kept on pushing and pushing. It's not like it toppled onto a person, but it pushed it directly on the person and killed him. Says the Gemara, now we bring a Machlokas, again, we have Machlokas, Rav and Shmuelah, is unintentional murder that the ox does, we know it doesn't get killed, but is there kofar? Tanya Kavasa de Shmuel, Brisa says, like Shmuel, it's used to the Rav, and we can reject Rav. It says in the Brisa, um, there's a case of the ox that kills a person where it's liable to death, and the owner has to pay kofar. There's also a case where the owner is liable for kofar, but the ox is exempt from death. There's also a case where the ox is liable to death, but the owner is exempt from kofar. There's a case where both the ox and the owner are exempt from death and kofar. What are the what are the cases? The regular typical case, muad ox. 
that kills intentionally is liable to death and the owner has to pay kofar. That's the classic case. Oh, ding, ding, ding. That's our case. A muad, but it's done in unintentional murder. So you positive from Misa, unintentional murder, but you still pay kofar. That's the line in the price of that says like Shmuel, not like Rav. Tom that kills intentionally is liable to death, but the owner does not pay kofar. Tom when a Tom kills unintentionally, Potter it's not stone. And in addition, there is no kofar. All right, continues now the price. So just another point. What an interesting question. What if an ox does damage unintentionally? So we know whatever always chive. But what about in terms of a person's liability for watching his ox? So the ox does unintentional damage. So it's machlokas whether or not um, whether or not it's to be paid. Now, just to clarify, this is talking about when it's carrot because we're talking about when it's regal or shane. That that that's the idea. It's always on un- unintentional damage. An animal's walking in its normal course or course, course of walking and steps on something on its way. Animal is trying to eat something and they bite. So that's always by definition unintentional damage. That's not the shaila. The more shaila is when it's carrot. When it's carrot, it's an anomalous activity. It wasn't kavod al hazik. It was. It seemed to be. It was unintentional. What's the halacha? So that's the machlokas reviewed in Rabbi Shimon. My time reviewed. What's reviewed? The source that you are liable. You all me kofar. He learns just from like a person's uh, liability for kofar. My kofar shalom kavod al We're coming out that you're chayev for kofar, even though the ox thought it did it unintentionally. He's not being killed. So the same way you pay for kofar with unintentional action of the ox. So too for Nizakin, when it's caused by an ox, he should be liable. So very good. So he learns it from the law of executing the ox. Just as the ox is not executed if it killed unintentional. So too for unintentional damage, its owner is exempt. So let's just hold this up again. By unintentional murder than an ox does, we know what the law is. It is not put to death. When we came out, clearly we proved like Shmuel, you, you do pick over. The question is, which one is the prototype for all types of damages that the ox does? Should I learn that justice is not executed, so do you don't pay any zakin? Or should I learn just as you do pay over, so do you pay any zakin? So that's the machalogs of Shimon and Rebuda. Why did Rebuda say, why didn't he learn from the prototype of executing the ox? So he'd prefer learning to a payment from a payment and not learning tashlumen from death. Right? So better to learn from Kofar than to learn from the law of executing the ox. Rabshim now learn from Kofar. Why didn't Rabshim learn from Kofar? So Gemara don't keep in the show, keep the shard. Rabshim knows that we should learn liability of the ox, but we're discussing whether you pay for the, am- the ox's damages from the other liability of the ox, which is death. Lafuke Kofar, but we're not going to learn from Kofar. The Chiyuva de Bailam. That is the owner's liability. So this is one of the most subtle lines in all of Baba Kama. Let's try to understand this. The Gemara is saying when the ox gets executed and the owner pays Kofar. The paying of the Kofar is really the owner's liability. The ox being executed is really the animal's liability. That's not so hard to understand. I think we can understand that. The ox getting stoned is like a punishment on it for doing what it did. It's not, it also impacts the owner, but it's a punishment on Whereas the paying of the Kofar is on the owner. That we understand. But think about it, what the Gemara is doing with that line. What's the Gemara saying? So now what I want to know, if I pay... When for my animal's damages that are done I'm going to learn that from another chi of hashar, which is like the ox getting executed. But here, where things get very interesting, you're paying for your ox damages is chiyuve deshar, chiyuve deshar. The shar is not nothing's happening to the ox. Nothing's happening to the ox at all. Nothing's happening to the ox. What does the gemara mean? It's chiyuve deshar. It's not like the ox being executed. The gemara is saying you learn damages the ox does from the ox being executed because you learn chiyuve deshar, chiyuve deshar, as opposed to learning from kofar, which is chiyuve Adam. Why is damages of an ox chiyuve deshar? Nothing's happening to the ox. You're paying. The answer must be that the yisrael advarer is pastor stating gemara. Listen to the idea: is that really that that 
maybe you could say this, I'm saying it more extreme than it should be, but the owner is just the backup. Really, the ox should be paying. The ox did damage, the ox should pay, right? That is, I'm responsible for what my ox did, but it's chiyuv edishar. Kaifer is different. Kaifer, the pshad is, my not watching, it's as if I caused the death, and therefore I am liable to pay for the victim's value. It's a very subtle distinction. In both cases, an owner is paying money for what his owner did, for what, for what his animal did. But in one, I'm responsible for his actions, and one, I'm achari for my actions. By Kaifer, the pshad is, I need the kapar for not watching. Over here, by Baba Kamba, by the damages my ox does, it's more like my ox did, li- is, and there's liability from that action. Now I have to back it up and pay for it. Now, this pasta seems to be like the Akra, the Bikhakir and Baba Kama. Do you pay for what your animal did, or do you pay for you're not watching the animal? It sounds like damages are paid more chiyuvi So This is why it's such an interesting line here in Baba Kama. If unintentional damages to the ox, are you liable for or not? What did we come out? We said that where the ox was trying to kill an animal, it killed a person, so then it's potter from death. So, let's say it was trying to kill one person. And then instead it killed another person. It sounds like it'd be liable. We said if it tried to kill an animal and killed a person, it wouldn't be liable for death. It sounds like if it's trying to kill one person and kills another person, it would be liable. So Akamar Masisa look Reb Shimon, Detarim Shimon Omer, Afinus Kavan Lagazev, Ragazev Potter, Reb Shimon disagrees. Reb Shimon holds that unintentional murder, it means even if you were trying to kill one person, you kill another person. Right? We know you're Potter to unintentional murder. What does unintentional mean? The, a person, right? The I, oh, oh, the shard. So one second. So let's back it up. Let's start with the people. So in other words, what's, what's Rip Shimon's point? Most people say, if you're trying to kill a person, you're attempting a murder against a person, right? You're trying to uh, drive your car and, and destroy a person. Happens to be that guy jumped out of the way, but your car also swerved and killed another person, right? Something like that. I don't know. So, or you thought the, I don't know exactly. Something, something along those lines. That's murder. Act of murder. Rabbi Shimon says, no, it's not an act of murder. If you didn't kill the person you intended to kill, it's not an act of murder. Very So now the Gemara is saying, let's, let's say something that happened like that by an animal. What exactly is the case? You're struggling, what's the case? Maybe, you know, like it, it put, put its horn down, it goes after one guy, he slips away, but the horn got stuck in another guy. You know, I don't know, I'm not sure exactly how creative to be, but something like that. So the Mishnah implies you would execute the ox. Because the Mishnah said if it intended to kill a guy, or intended to kill an animal and it killed a person, then, then you don't execute him. Smash when you tried to, he tried to kill one person, kill another person, you would have put him to death. So the Gemara is saying, our Mishnah is not like Rip Shimon. My time to Rip Shimon is Rip Shimon, get it from Tamar Kar, Shari, you must. It says, you stole the ox, and even the owner dies. The big thing is, the same way we treat murder from people, we treat the ox to be executed here. Mom, by the Mahavan, just the owner is not Chayvan, unless he intended to kill that very victim. Afshar, not Mahavan, so to by Shar, it's not, it's, not, it's not liable unless it intended to kill that victim. What's the source by people itself that it's like that? It says, when it's talking about murder, it says he ambushes him and he rises up against him. So, if our of low is extra words, so we dash and then it means a murderer is not liable unless he intended to kill this actual victim. So, so what did the Rabbanon do with the words What did he use that for? They're coming to exclude a case and someone threw a stone into a crowd of people. What's the case? The crowd had some Jews and some non Jews. And the Pasuk comes to say, you're not executed for the murder. So we have to try to figure out this case. What in the world is this case that the Rabbanon are talking about? One of the most biggest, biggest you say it's Shas. Maybe you remember from Subhas Tezvav, maybe you don't, but I'll call him. Very big you say to pick up on now. The Rabbanon old again, you try to kill one person, you kill another person, you are high, you are the murderer. So what's Vahar It comes to exclude the case where someone threw a rock into a pile of people and had some guy and some non-Jews. Hey, Chidami, what was the case? And let's just clarify the way you're showing him that. Let's, let's clarify. He killed a Jew. 
We saw we see the guy on the, on the ground. Rashi learns. We know he's a Jew. The shaila is what was his kavana? If you throw a rock, listen, very very lumdish point here. You throw a rock into a group of people, some Jews, not Jews. You don't know. It's not like you're aiming. You throw it into the, in the who are you trying to kill? I'm trying to kill someone in the group. So who am I trying to kill? If there's both. Tarot says, maybe it should go what the majority is. So Zakti Gumar, what's the case? If there were nine non-Jews and only one Jew, so of course I'm not Chayv, I'm not a murder. My das is to throw in the crowd. That's not a das of trying to kill someone that I'm liable for murder because most of the people are non-Jews. Even if it was five and five, suffering the Fashas Lachal, you wouldn't tie up that the das was to kill a Jew. So therefore, you don't need a pasuk of Arav in that case. The case is there were nine Jews and only one guy. So most of it was Rav. Rav of them were Jews. So you would say, what? So the Rav should touch up that when you threw the rock into the pile, it ended up killing a Jew. The Shailah is, did you have Kavana to kill a Jew? So we should say, yeah, the Rav is Machriya, that it was a Din Kavana. It doesn't make a difference, Baal Batish, what the person's thinking. It's a din kavana. You threw without knowing the rock was going to kill you. threw it into the pile of people. Nine are Jews. So Pashas, that would be a kavana to kill a Jew. No, if there's one Kanani standing there, what's the big rule in Rov? It's not out of its place, it's in its place. It didn't separate from a pile, but it's in the very pile. Cuts the rule. You don't go after Rov when something is in its place. You only go after Rov when something left its place. But when I have so things are in their place, and I want to know, is this a din kavana to kill a Jew or a guy? I say it's 50 50, suffering and fashas alcohol. That's Xerus Akasov that is learned from the words of Aravlo. So Rabbi Shimon used the words of Aravlo to say if they try to kill one person, kill another person, I'll bother. The Rabbanon used it to say this didn't call Kavul Kamaks, I'll max Adam. So the mission a little bit weiter here. Shara Isha, the ox that belongs to a woman. Shara Isha, the ox that belongs to minors. Shar Apatropus, the ox that belongs to an, uh, to an Apatropus, to a guardian. Shar Midbar, a wild ox. Shar Hektish, a consecrated ox. Shar Agar, Shemesvin Liyarshin, or an ox of a convert who dies and has no, no one to Yarshin him. All these cases, if they, if they, if they kill, are you Chayim Misa? We always put the ox to death. That's the point that we're saying. We have Xerus Akasr for this point, even though it seems like in many of these cases it's not owned by someone at all, or it's not owned by someone that we're going to sue, still we put the ox to death. No, in the case where it doesn't have an owner at all, there are no owners. According to your views, if there's no owner, you cannot put him, you cannot put the uh, the ox to death. You actually count up all the times it says an ox in the Pasuk. There are seven. There are so many times where it says it. So what's the shot? So we say the six extra ones, that's what we use it for. Okay, so, 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 okay, we have the Machlekes here. Now, let's understand the Machlekes a little bit better. Let's say it gores, and the owner then was Machdashit. Or, or if it gored, and the owner then made it ownerless, even though it wasn't ownerless at the time it killed the person. If it becomes ownerless before it could be sentenced, Rabbi Yudah holds it cannot be brought to death. Mimai, how do I know this? Maybe Rabbi Yudah is only a din if it didn't have an owner at the time it gored. Mimai, Tani Tak, the mission said two different cases. Shar, Midbar, Shar, Gare, Meshvein, Lo Yarshim, Shar, Gare, it's all the same thing. An ox of a convert who dies without Yarshim is a very fancy way of saying an ownerless ox. That is the way of saying the wild ox. Right? It's repetitive. You just give me illustrations of a hefker ox. Why does the mission have to list them separately? And you know why it's coming to allude, what it's coming to allude? That rebuke is not only pottering if it didn't have an owner at the time it court. I feel like And now it's the same it's the same dispute rebuke and the rabbana. The rabbana are gonna say we always kill the ox. You don't need an owner to, to sentence. 
the holds, no, you need an owner now at the time of the sentencing. And therefore, even if it had an owner previously, but if it doesn't have an owner at the time of the sentencing, what is the law? You will not execute that. Actually, no, we see that's Rebuda's opinion. Tanya Nami Bryce also clarifies that that is Rebuda's opinion. The Bryce says, Yes, okay, no, Rebuda Rebu says even furthermore, I feel like I'm so evicted. Even an ox cores, and then the owner is mocked to shit. And then the owner makes an ownerless potter. It's exempt from the death penalty. It says by Mood Ox, the owner had been warned and it killed. So what do we see? It's not put to death unless the death of the victim and the standing in front of the court are the same. Meaning, just as it had an owner at the time it killed, has to have an owner at the time it's judged. So this is adding to review the Shita. Review the first says has to have an owner at the time that it is that it kills. So now we're bringing in this extra draw shot that it has to be like the same. But what we'll the aim is that it has a bilem at the time of the Amad as well. So the Gemara, Gemardin Lobinon. What about the Gemardin when they're actually pronouncing the verdict? Meaning, meaning maybe what if it's brought to court and there's an owner. But at the time of the Gemardin, at the sentencing, there's no owner. What would the halacha be? So then that, that you don't need an owner? The Pasuk was talking about the Gemar Din. So with this Pasuk, even the owner should die, should Pashta say that the requirement that there should be an owner should be all the way through the, the, the time of the verdict. So the Gemar clarifies, yeah, 100%. It has to kill when it has an owner, it has to stand in front of the court when it has an owner, and most importantly, at the end, the verdict, it has to have an owner. So comments out, there's a huge machlekes here. The Rabbanon say... There's no need to have an owner at all, even at the time of the corn. Review the holes has to be an owner at the time of the corn, and moreover, it has to be uh, that ownership remains the same and constant throughout the entire process up and through the time of the Gemara Day.